When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome, everybody, to the Oklahoma Drill Podcast. I'm your host, Andrew. We have our co-host, Matt and Vitor, here as well. This week, we're going to preview the final preseason game against the Philadelphia Eagles. Training camp is officially over as of today. Go through every little bit of the uh, matchup, find things to look at, walk away with a pretty good preview of everything involved. We're going to get right off the bat and start with the big story of Zach Wilson and the offensive line. Been beaten up a little bit in practice, but Wilson's been doing pretty good despite that. Vitor, go ahead and break it down for us. So many people are questioning Coach Salas' decision to play Zach behind a offensive line that will fill three second stringers, right? I think going to be just two because George Fran played tackle for Beckton and we won't see Vera Tucker. But I have no problems with it, right? If you're going to play him, play a couple of series because I want to see continued growth from Zach. In the first two games, we saw Zach do some things process-wise that were really encouraging, like going smoothly to his second and third read, going through his read, not panicking when the pocket collapsed. And after all, Zach's a young quarterback. He needs those reps. He needs game action. So if Salah feels comfortable to play Salah with a guy that's good, like George Fant, he's a good tackle. He's an NFL starting tackle. And the left guard that has been the same for the first two games is Tim Feeney. I'm completely on board with the decision because Salah trusts his guys and I trust him too. So that's the thing with the O-line. I, I don't think we should take into consideration how they are struggling in practice or how much they are struggling in practice because I've never seen an offensive line group that practice better than they play. Linemen need game because when they're in game, edge defenders, defensive tackle, they don't know what you're doing. They don't know your play call, they don't know your tendencies. And in practice, you know, I bet you, Crow also knew everything and the guy Backton was about to do. So Backton holding in every win and best rap for Backton was really a win. Game is different. And that's why these guys are dominant preseason. Michael Nine just launched an article today where he showed us all how Backton has been dominant, downright dominant in preseason. And that's it. This group is a dominant group. So Zach will be fine. So O-line, continue, continue what they're doing, right? Continue what they're doing. Be good in game three. Get to week one healthy so we can get Backton and Vera Tucker together. For Zach now against Philly, what I'm looking for, I don't know what you guys think, is... Zach Wilson has been playing extremely well, right? He has surprised us all, exceeding our expectations that were already high. What we all want to see is the same and more translatable plays, just like the touchdown to Trump Tyler Croft. Slants cover, cover three, switch back to the stick and nod, boom, hit the hole, touchdown. Broken play from Corey Davis, great, but I want to see translatable plays going through his reads, the processing. And I don't care if it's number one, number two, number three, heck, even number four defense for the Eagles. I don't care. 
if he's processing against those guys, he'll be able to process in the NFL at regular season level. And that's what I want to see from Zach. And that, what I said, is what I want to see from the linemen. I don't know what about you guys. Well, the, maybe not that many of the starters for the Eagles up front will be starting. And that doesn't really seem to matter because they got a great set of guys right behind them. You got who? Ryan Kerrigan and Josh Sweat. Uh, they just drafted Milton Williams, son Ridgeway. So they got some good names behind them. So I just want to see Zach stay healthy. Uh, I know we're not going to have everybody out there that we want out there protecting him. So it's imperative that they keep him upright and they keep him healthy. Uh, I really hope he's not in there for very long at all. Uh, just get in, get out, look efficient. Don't force anything. And uh, let's just move on. Let's get, let's get the regular season started. Yeah. Just get out of there healthy. That's, that's the only important thing is I'm not opposed to Zach playing. I don't think he should be playing more than maybe two drives, but I'm not opposed to him playing in general. He is a rookie. He does need reps. And Sala made a really good point in his press conference yesterday, where he had talked about the different styles of defense that Zach has seen throughout training camp. And he had the beginning with their defense where it's more Seattle inspired and they're cover three based. And then they go to green Bay and they're three, four, and they do more Fangio stuff. And now you get to Philadelphia and it's more Everfliss inspired from the Colts. And he said, those are three of the major schemes that permeate the NFL right now. And he got to see all of them in training camp. And I think it's really important for him to get game reps against those defenses as well as just practice reps, but nothing is as important as people staying healthy. And I think that's where it's going to be biggest for the jets as a whole. And specifically Zach Wilson with this offensive line, get them a few reps and then get them out of there and let them rest and get healthy. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's why I think it's okay to play Zach for a couple of drives because the line will be fresh, right? To play Zach for two quarters, maybe even more than that, the salad, like he said, he won't play more than a half, indicating that he might play a quarter and a field. I don't like it because linemen won't be as fresh as they would be in the first drive. They get tired, they get bull rushed, and then that's when the problem comes for quarterbacks. So give Zach and those guys a couple drives, see the good from Zach, see him progressing, see he's fine, see that he got the defense from Everflows in practice and he's translating into the game, that he understood his reads against this kind of defense. If you see that, okay, Zach. Sit, let George Morgan and Mike White compete for the number two job and call it a day. I agree. Uh, on top of that, Mekhi Becton's probably not going to play because yeah, he's in well, con- concussion protocol and they think that he'll be ready for week one. But I would say if that's the case, then he's definitely not playing against the Eagles. And that, let's be honest, that's probably the best lineman they had left that was still healthy. So now you're going to have likely Morgan Moses and or George Fant each taking a tackle spot, but you're going to have the communication be thrown off. And one of those two guys is going to have to switch sides. And that's always a transition. I'm, I really hope that no more than a half means no more than a quarter, because I'm just, I'm worried about, about getting hurt. And I don't want anybody else on this team to get hurt before the season starts. Who else yeah. is there to play tackle? Adoga's still hurt, right? So, and McDermott's hurt. So yeah, who is the opposite of fan? <laughs> I think fans have to play the entire game to be honest. I don't know if they have another guy to swing out. Yeah. Even more reason not to play Zach and the rest of the first team offense that much. I mean, obviously 
in a perfect world scenario, you want to get them reps and you want to specifically Zach, you want to get him reps against as many defenses as possible. But I think they did a really good job of that throughout the joint practices. And to finish off real quick, it's not like we haven't seen anything from Zach that makes me think that his processing isn't going to be up to standard. It's not like we haven't seen him play really, really well within the structure, go through his reads and be efficient with the ball. His processing speed is just as quick as it was at BYU. I haven't seen anything out of him that has me concerned to where I need to see him play a half in the third preseason game to know that he's ready. I think he's ready now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in all, all honesty, the offense isn't what we're really concerned about. It's, I mean, there's stuff that we'd like to see and stuff that we're anticipating, but our, I feel like most of fans concerns lie on the defensive side. So is there that much that we need to see on the offense? No, there isn't. Yeah. Quick point, just before I go to the defensive side of the ball, the Buffalo Bills are playing Josh Allen for the first time right now in preseason in week three. So many coaches are like addressing this game, approaching this week three differently. The Dolphins are shooting Tua. The Bills are playing Josh Allen. The Bears are sitting Andy Dalton, you know? So I really, what Salah is going to do is really, it's something that's really being kept out away from us because we really don't know if he's going to approach it just like Buffalo that they're going to get their starters, the reps, or if it's going to be like, okay, play a couple of drives and a little bit. Yeah. Since this is the first year with only three games, uh, yeah. it's everybody's sort of mixing and matching how to, how they approach this. Uh, I think next year we'll probably see a lot more uh, unified response from teams and how they approach preseason. Agree. Yeah, I think so too. I think the three games definitely made it different, um, obviously. And I, I personally, we'll see how, how much the starters play in week three, but up through the two weeks, I like how much action they've got so far. I feel like getting, you know, a little more than a first quarter in the first game. And then you get a a whole half in, in week two. I think that's a good balance. I think now you can go into the third game. You don't need to play as much. And it, Quite honestly, if the Jets were healthier, maybe they would afford to be able to play a little longer. But right now, I think it's a situation by situation basis. And the best thing for this team is to get their starters out there for a couple of drives, then sit it, call it a day and get ready for the Panthers. Agreed. Agreed. Let's get in and get out. Well, that's going to take us to the defensive end, uh, defensive back end specifically. We got a handful of youth there. There's a, a handful of new guys starting that we weren't expected. Jared Davis down until at least the bye week with an injury that slides Jamie and Sherwood into the starting spot. Uh, the cornerback two spot is still wide open to my understanding. Haven't really seen anybody outright claim that job. No one's been named a starter, even though I think bless Austin probably has the inside track. A lot of the, some of the rookies have been making a lot of plays and I think that's still definitely up in the air. So there's a lot to be seen with this defense. And like we just talked about before, our concerns are more with the defense right now than the offense, which I don't know if that's something people would have said in January when Sala was first hired, but the defense right now, it's going to be kind of a trial by fire. And it looks like it's going to be a, a growing season where they need to see the young guys for what they have. And if they need to address in other positions, like they've said for months now, they want to get the young guys reps and give them opportunities. But it's going to take a lot. And I'm really confident in Jamie and Sherwood getting the opportunity to start at linebacker. I think he's going to play absolutely phenomenal there. I think he's got every sort of tool in the toolbox that you need as a linebacker in this defense. And everything I've heard from the coaching staff has only made that even more, uh, made me feel that way even more. They they're confident in him. 
Jared Davis went down and it was like, okay, next man up Sherwood's going to start and we're fine. And he's comfortable and we'll all be okay there. And Sherwood had his own first press conference a few days ago after, and he sounded confident and sounded ready. And I'm, I'm really excited to see how, how he progresses. I think this is going to be a situation where he gets his hands on the starting job and he might not give it back. I'd love to know what you guys think about it, but I really think that he could finish the season starting every game. I am really excited to see the youngsters uh, lining up next to each other, starting, uh, getting these invaluable snaps. Uh, it's it's something that's needed. I mean, I, it sucks that David's is is done for a while, but at the same time, these snaps are invaluable for these guys to get this live game action. And eventually, we sort of anticipate that them that they're going to be starters on this team. So it's probably better now that they get their lumps in, uh, rather than later. Uh, it's the, and as of right now, they have looked every bit the part of starters too. They haven't looked like rookies that much. I mean, you can hear Sala and coaches talk about them, how they see every little mistake they make and how the, and how to improve upon it. And they do improve upon it. And the way they speak about their improvement as well is very impressive and doesn't remind us of rookies as far as the cornerback position. Yeah. I'm, I'm with you. I think bless probably gets the starting job. Uh, the only rookie that I think has really shown uh, a good amount is probably Eccles and he's hurt right now. So I, I don't know uh, if anybody else has really done enough to really show that they should take that spot from bless. You know, I'm going to give you guys an optimistic point of view right here. The youngsters are many and the beginning is going to be troublesome, but I feel like those guys are going to play some fire. Bryce Hall, even blast Austin Sherwood and Hamson Nasruddin. The Jets defense may be not as good early in the season, but we're going to see some fire that we haven't seen since, I don't know, the first year of Todd Bowles. They're going to run after the football. They're going to try to make plays. They're going to be aggressive. And it's going to be fun to watch them grow in each game. Honestly, early in the season right now, I don't think this defense will be able to hold up quite well. Against the run, especially, they don't have those two edges on the outside that they can penetrate and make the running back alter the running lane. I feel like Sherwood, he can get some he can get some problems if all I'm in the second level that Gerard Davis would not. Gerard Davis is big. He can... He can go one-on-one with Lyman and then shed and make a tackle. I don't. I haven't seen Sherwood does, do that much, but he's a tough guy. I believe he's going to learn and understand how to use his physicality and his leverage to make plays in the running game. Hamza, he'll have his learning curve too, but he's extremely talented. Mosley will be extremely valuable for those two guys. And in the back end, I think Bryce Hall and Blas Austin, those two guys will be better than advertised. They're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. My biggest concern right now is the running game and linebackers in pass coverage. But hey, Javelin Gridger has looked great. We're going to see more nickel, you know, and I feel like this defense may have a quick turnaround as, as sooner rather than later. Quick turnaround. They're going to start with some problems, some communication problems, some problems that are related to their youth. And after that, we're going to see an aggressive, fast, reactive, all gas, no break type of defense, very young, and they're going to cause some problems later in the season that were bad, I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, even with injuries, I would say this defensive roster is still light years ahead of what we had last year. Absolutely. And 
Yeah. And even last year, they came around towards the end of the season. They looked a lot more in sync with each other yep. and they performed a lot better than they did in the beginning of the season. Uh, so, yeah, I, I can definitely see that same trajectory for the defense this year. Uh, but at the same time, I think, like you said, it'll be a lot quicker because they are just a better team than last year. Yep. Honestly, comparing right now, uh, safety wise, I feel like Joyner could be better than Ashton Davis and, and Bradley McDougall, right? So that's important. Bryce Hollier, too, is better than Bryce Hollier. Plus, Austin Gobert Tree scheme might be better than Greg Williams' scheme. Linebacker wise, honestly, everyone's better than Abu Hewitt, who's a thumper, but doesn't fit the NFL today in Harvard Lunge. And Inside, we have the addition of rankings, second year of Huff, and more JFM on the outside. So, honestly, talent-wise, it's an improved defense. They're just too young. We just have to know and understand that they have some some things to adjust. And honestly, sooner or later in the season, they're going to turn the corner and be great. Honestly, they're going to play well. Yeah, I think specifically, it may not be the best thing for the Jets overall right now to have these injuries and have these young players starting, but it's really good for the young players themselves. Them getting the reps and them getting the experience is invaluable. Uh, It's the same reason why we just talked about potentially giving Zach reps in preseason week three, because live game reps are are something you can't replicate. You can try your hardest in practice, but it's never going to be the same as an actual live game. And it's really important for these guys to get that experience. Uh, Robert Sala talked about it himself again, referencing his press conference where he was asked about Sherwood starting. And he mentioned that throughout his career, like we've talked about, he's been around some of the best linebackers in the NFL. And when they were rookies, their heads were spinning. He talked about Fred Warner transitioning from nickel at BYU. And he wasn't trying to compare Sherwood to Fred Warner as a player, but talking about the transition and the switch, he mentioned that Fred Warner came in and had no idea what he was doing in his first year. And it took him time to grow and he got better as the season went on. And then you look at where he is now, he's probably the best middle linebacker in the NFL. There's a transition. He name dropped Bobby Wagner in the same way where there was a period of time when Bobby Wagner was probably the best middle linebacker in the NFL, how these guys are right now as rookies. And I don't even think they've been that like been bad to where we're sitting there saying, Oh, don't worry. I think they've shown a lot. They're only going to get better. This is a growing season. This is all about learning, getting used to the NFL, taking your lumps. And I think they're going to get better as the time goes on. And I also, Vitor, you mentioned Sherwood getting off blocks. Uh, He said that himself in his press conference, that that was like the number one thing he has to work on that he knows coming as a safety and playing more from a downhill safety spot that he wasn't necessarily always taking on offensive linemen that he would take on tight ends sometimes, but it was mainly receivers and it's a transition going against wide receivers to offensive guards, especially considering, I think he's going to be more inside and Sherwood himself was like, that's what I need to work on. That's probably the biggest thing that I've tried to work on that. I've talked with CJ Mosley about that. I've, put in the work to do because it's the thing that's most unnatural to him going from safety to linebacker coverage. He's got understanding of the defense he's got. It's it's making that transition to being a stack linebacker. And I think he's going to get better at it because he's got really long arms, which is going to help him shed blocks. And yep. he's got the tenacity and the aggressiveness through contact to where he's not shy of getting into contact. He's not going to be the type of guy who's going to come on a block soft. He's going to take it on head on. I think he's going to improve. And I, I, I'm really, really excited to see what he does. Honestly, I mean, we all know how much I love Jamie and Sherwood, and I'm never happy to see any player injured. But I can't sit here and lie and say that I'm not excited to get to see him starting. Yeah, not to cry over something that has already happened, but Carl Awesome playing would be great for Sherwood. Would be great. <laughs> yeah, it would. Especially in the ground, a lot of reasons. <laughs> 
Yeah, especially in the ground game because Carl can penetrate, right? So Sherwood would have clear lanes to the running back. He'd get confidence, more confidence. He would face maybe no, not many offensive linemen as he's going to right now because those guys are going to climb up quickly to the second level. No, for sure. Uh, I think that's a great transition into the defensive line depth. I think that's probably the biggest storyline so far because it's probably been the position hit the hardest with injuries. Uh, obviously, Carl Lawson, like you just mentioned, uh, there was a time when Sheldon Rankins was hurt. Um, you know, we're we're dealing with a lot of guys. Vinny Curry's now out for the season. There, there's been there's been a lot of a lot of hits, and it's been tough to weather. And there's going to be a lot of young guys that are going to have to step up. I think more so than anybody, this is now the perfect time for Quinn and Williams to be coming back, and it's it's really important that he does. Does Quinn and Williams things and creates havoc on the defensive line and lets the other guys catch up. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, it, it is time for Quinn to come alive. This is his time. And we also need Rankins to come back. Uh, the hits just kept coming with injuries and they, they haven't gotten any better with that curry news at all. And it's, it, it's horrible one after the other. So I understand fans frustration and but at the same time, we need to realize that we are going to get Q back. We are going to get Rankins back. So that power up front will help everybody else besides them. You got Huff. You got uh, Franklin Myers. These are all guys, Blair. They're all going to benefit from Rankins and Q coming back. So I'm not entirely worried about the defensive line. I am definitely uh, upset that, that it's not going to be at its full potential without Lawson and Curry. Absolutely. I think we should all be upset about that. But at the same time, this group will be better than they were last year. They will be better than we've seen so far in preseason. We have to have a little faith in these guys. They, they have the talent there. They have the talent to be an effective unit and a unit that also uh, has uh, that has enough uh, uh, talent to sort of reverberate to the back end as well, because when they get pressure, everybody else benefits. Uh, High tide raises all boats and we're ready for that Q tide to come in. And the stage is set for him. It would have been a lot better with Lawson, but he is still set to make a great impact this season and we're going to need it. Now, when you look at our depth, it's not as reliable as we thought it was because now we're relying on Huff and, and Franklin Myers as our main edge rushers. Uh, so we're, we're on our, our second tier already. So everybody of course is now wondering, well, should we make that trade? Should we be making an offer to somebody for a big edge rusher. And I say, maybe it depends on the edge rusher. I think it entirely depends on who we go after and what the deal is. Uh, we're going to talk more about this, but I think it needs to be somebody on the younger side, somebody that isn't an older stopgap guy. Uh, because right now we have zero leverage. So any trade we make is probably not going to be to benefit us in terms of trade compensation. So that means if we're going to go big, we might as well go for something that will benefit from, for a time to, uh, from well past this season. 
Uh, what do you guys think? Well, you know, I agree, Matt, but rankings and kill, they're going to be special, right? They're going to be really important. I think they were back against Philadelphia last Wednesday in the last, last day of joint practice. And the reports are like, they were already wrecking Havoc in the front. So red zone drill, I think. Rankings was penetrating, so was kill. And those guys are going to be so crucial to the defensive line. Like, if they can draw double teams, Bryce Huff can eat on the outside on third downs and passing in password situations. And, and that's going to be key for this team. Keep teams on third and long and hope for, for Huff. Huff has some man off the edge, has an experience, but he has some man off the edge. And if the Jets with kill and rankings, if they can force some double teams inside, Huff has all his play to make plays. And, and the D-line is basically the heart of the defense, right? They have talked about it forever here in the show. If the D-line gets pressure, everybody's job gets easier. So the loss of loss and the loss of Curry, who are the presumed starters? If you ask any of us, like Les May, who are the starters at edge? Curry and Lawson, they're not playing this season anymore. Both are out. It's gonna, it, it, it hurts. It, it's going to be bad for defense. But they have answers. GFM, Huff, Blair. And the trade possibility certainly is a possibility because Salah, Ubrich, everybody knows how crucial it is for this scheme to have competitive and effective edge rushers in every single down of the game. So going back to it, rankings in Q as crucial as ever. Q, I, I was watching one Jets arrive uh, last Wednesday, yesterday, and Kill said something that he needs to do. He said, I'm looking to be a top three defensive tackle in the league this season. And you bet the Jets need you to be a top three defensive tackle this season because if they get top three production from Kill, plus the pass rushing skills from ranking and the flashes of JFM and Huff on the outside, the defensive line will be good. Won't be fantastic as it would be with Lawson, but they will be good. And being good, everybody else will be better than they could be or what are than they would be without a better production from the defensive front. Yeah, I agree uh, pretty much with everything that you guys said. Uh, the depth is took a hit. The good thing is that it was already a really, really deep position, and I don't think it's completely and totally ruined. There is still a lot of guys on this team and on this defensive line that I think are capable and that are going to produce this year. I think we've forgotten about JFM a little too much, too. I want to highlight him specifically because I think now he is going to go back to that edge role. And we had, there was a lot of talk about him staying inside. And especially when they got Carl Lawson, I think now you're going to see more situations where he is going to be on the edge. And I think he's going to do really, really good at it. Uh, we had a play a few weeks ago. It was in the giants game, but I'll bring it up. Now it was a play action um, where JFM well, it was a bootleg and JFM squeezed the bootleg, read it perfectly, and then went and chased down the quarterback and read it absolutely perfectly from a defensive end spot. And I really think that on top of his physicality and his actual play, I think that his understanding and not getting caught out of position is really important. I think he's going to get a lot of reps at the end spot. And I think we're going to be okay there. That said, I would make the call to the Minnesota Vikings about Daniel Hunter. And he, that would be the only person I would be interested in trading in. I don't want Chandler Jones. He's too old and he hasn't played in a four, three in years. I'm not interested, but Daniel Hunter is a scheme fit. He's only 26. I think he'll be 27 at some point in this season. He's been incredibly productive when he's been on the field. And he was for the most part healthy up until last season. He had a neck injury that took away his entire 2020, but he's had a year to rehab and everything sounds like he's going to be okay and back ready to go. 
I would, I would seriously make the call. The problem is the jets really don't have any leverage. They were potentially looking for edge rushers before Curry got hurt. And now we know that Curry is going to be out for the season. They make, makes them even more desperate. So if the price gets too much, you know, it'll be interesting to be seen, but I'd offer, I'd offer both. I don't know if I'd offer both twos. I'd offer a two and a three. And if that doesn't work, I might offer one of the first rounders if, if it's an absolute desperation, but I'm, I would make a trade for one player. Other than that, roll with what you got this year and attack it in the next offseason. Yeah, I mean, we're thinking that next year, if they're in the draft, we're all gonna we're gonna be starting off with defense anyways, right? So exactly, if we're gonna be attacking the position anyways, we might as well go after proven talent. Why uh, why take the risk on 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 a draft? Uh, prospect that we have no idea how they're going to turn out when we can make the same deal for somebody that's maybe 25, 26 and can put up double digit sacks every year. And then we'll get Lawson back next year. And now we have a tandem of the ages with Q still there. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. And if we're going to get raked over the coals anyways, as, as far as compensation, then let's go big. Don't, don't just exactly an older stopgap that, that may just fill in briefly and then be gone. No, let's, let's get some stability here. Yeah. Hunter is a premium prize, right? He, he, he would be perfect. He's great. He would be a nice tandem with Lawson for the long term. Lawson contract isn't that rich. So I think the Jets could pay both of them. But if you're in week two, week two, week three, and your edge is completely below what you need, right? Huff and JFM are not being able to be protect, productive on all three downs. They don't have good enough backups. Backups. It's week three. The Jets are having a very poor performance from their edges. They have Vernon as a free agent. They have other guys in free agents. They have a couple older guys available via trade. Do you pull the trigger if you think that the edge position is handicapping the linebackers and the DBs? Uh, I, I honestly think so. I think so. I would rather go free agents for a stopgap kind of player, but I feel like you have to get someone if things are not working with what we have already through three weeks into the season because Lawson or Curry, they ain't coming back this year. So I feel like, you know, everything, everything is on deck right now. Go with the youngsters first. Okay. But if it's not working, I think the Jets shouldn't be afraid to make a move. No, I agree. I I'm, I would completely echo everything you just said as swing for the fences with a trade option. If it is available, because if you do get a little screwed on compensation, you were already desperate and you're adding a valuable piece that'll be there for time in the future at a position of need anyway. But if you can't make that deal, don't waste any more assets try and find some guy that's off the street to be a stopgap, And, and, and if you need to, and if you don't need to roll with what you have and head into 2022, ready to attack defense and free agency in the draft. Absolutely. I'm, I'm looking at Hunter's compensation right now. I think this year we would probably owe him probably 11 million. Uh, next year that would go shoot up to about 26 million. But then after that, it's, uh, goes to a nice team friendly 8 million before it hits his, uh, his voidable years. So it's, it's definitely a, a friendly contract if we did go that route. Uh, now it's just a matter of, hey, would, would the Vikings be uh, willing to get rid of them? And that's the question. 
Yeah, that is the question. That is definitely the question. And that's why I think the offer will have to be interesting because do you give enough to make it enticing? And if you do, is that too much to where you're sacrificing the ability to help your team in other areas? Uh, that's what Joe Douglas is. That's why he gets paid all that money for him to make those decisions and weigh out all the options. And I think that regardless of what happens, as we've seen from everything from the Jets front office under Joe Douglas, they're not going to overpay for anything. Absolutely. That's it. Let, let me throw some names out there, guys, who are just on the free in free agency right now. You got uh, Oliver Vernon, you got Trent Murphy, uh, Adrian Claiborne, and Alden Smith. Out of those guys, who would you prefer? If Vernon's healthy, I'd be all over him. All over him. Vernon and nobody else. Yep. <laughs> he has some band. He can bend the edge, man. I know he does, he's not a big sack guy, but he gets pressure. He can bend the edge. And I don't think he has ever played in a scheme like Jets, like an attacking for a tree. I really don't think he has played in a scheme like that because and and, and his sack number could could fly on. He, he he can get the edge, man. And he's only 31. And in edge years, that's actually not that old. I can cool. see him. Curry's older. Yeah, Curry's older. So I, I, I would definitely take a chance on Vernon. Yeah, I would I would too. I would definitely do. This is the last point I'm going to make for potential additions. This is why we should have signed Melvin Ingram. Yeah. (laughs) Just, this is why we should have signed Melvin Ingram when he was available because he would have been immediately the other starting end. And he's been absolutely killing it in preseason for the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Steelers got better for free and the jets could have gotten better for free, but instead that didn't happen. Yeah. And it was a very friendly contract too. Oh, it was like nothing. Yeah. What's he getting? Four million a year? That's that's it. That's uh, yeah. That, that makes me mad too. Yeah. 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 Missed opportunity. But as yeah. the important thing is, is that it's going to be, it does happen and it's going to be a growing season. It's important for the young players. It's really big for Bryce Huff. And I think that's, that's the one thing we can focus on more than anything else in terms of look for a silver lining is that this is going to be a great learning experience for Bryce Huff. And we'll know if we have something or not. I think we do. I think he's a starting caliber player in the making and that with more reps, he'll get more experience and get better, but it's not going to happen unless he gets the chance. Absolutely. And him playing with Rankins and, and Q in the middle, it will be a lot different than Huff playing with Shepard and Foley in the middle. It's exactly, it, it's going to be night and day. Bring Terrell Basham back. Yeah. Bring Terrell Basham back. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. Can someone call Calvin Pace? <laughs> Who was the guy that, that, that punched, uh, uh, Eakin and Polly. Hey, let's bring him back. He's, he's still got some central. Jakai Blight. Anyway. <laughs> oh, we can go down the line. <laughs> we can go down the line. We can get Dylan Donahue on the phone if we really have to. But I think I think we're good without that. <laughs> yeah. Arrow we'll maybe has never played in a four-tree scheme, right? I don't think so. <laughs> No, I don't think so. All right. Well, that's going to do it for the preseason week three preview. Uh, it's been an awesome show, guys. Thank you guys for your time for being here. You can find me at Andrew Golden underscore 17. Guys, you know the drill. You can find me at Zazzy Jets. And you can find me at Victor Piva M. As always, this has been the Oklahoma Drill Podcast at OKD Podcast on Twitter. Thank you guys so much for listening, and we'll be back real soon. Bye bye. Mm-hmm.